0: Hello, all you high-frequency females and human beings. Welcome to the first episode of 2022, and I'm so happy to have you with me in this journey. I have the beautiful and intelligent human being with me today. She's joining me all the way from the state of New York in the US, Jaya Sri. Not only is Jaya Sri an ascension coach, author, and lifelong singer-musician, this incredible human being is the creator of Soul Mapping Matrix, a digital course on creating sacred space and staying sovereign, as well as the founder and lead educator of the Soul Culture Yoga School. Just being in the presence of Jai and speaking with her, even though it was virtual, it opened my heart and my soul. I hope this episode opened your heart and soul too. Enjoy.
1: I'm Jai Shri Dao Spielman, and I am coming in this world from the States, as you say, uh, the East Coast of the United States. I am a spiritual educator. I'm a yoga teacher and a creator of a certifying yoga school. I'm an author, a mom, and a mentor. And I'm so happy to be connecting with you right now, especially today and on this full moon day and in this 2022. And I look forward to engaging with you and sharing whatever upliftment I may serve. Yeah, so I,
0: as we discussed earlier before, I had a huge I don't want to say the word stalking again, but uh, going through your entire social media and also <laughs> reading your amazing ebook that's available on your website as well. And, you know, something that really resonated with me and it was very random and it was like the last video I watched um, before we jumped on and it was um, heaven and hell on the same timeline. And I mm, thought, wow, goodness. that is so true and it's something that I've been thinking about a lot lately because I don't necessarily believe in going to a place of hell after you pass away so Mm. it really was like wow heaven and hell on that same timeline and I'd love for you to explain that to people of what your understanding of that is
1: I'd be honored well we're all in this together that's for sure while coming to this common language to match where our minds are right? and where our heart is. I think and feel from traveling a bit and understanding the commonalities of so many people and cultures and teaching classes in different countries that we're all often trying to make everything black and white. And in yoga, we call that duality, right? We call it in many traditions, yin and yang, right and wrong. Uh, this is better than this. But that is only a part of the picture. Heaven and hell, for example, exist on the same timeline, on the same spectrum and at every moment. So perhaps the up level is integrating that information and that wisdom that comes from so many sages, so many cultures, and integrating in ourselves, especially as women, as men, as souls, that both things can be happening at once. How we're going to manage that and transform in the moment of trigger, that's really where my focus has been for many, many years.
0: Yeah. And so like with that in mind, how does your yoga and to create that balance in your life, how does that – You know, create your world and change your world to live a higher frequency. Mm, It's
1: a beautiful question. Well, so many people love yoga, yes. Yes. But they think of yoga, we think of yoga as asana or as just the exercise. And yes, it is so much a gateway. You know, I've taught for many years. And putting together the package that is an amazing yoga class. A, you have to show up Mm -hmm. whether you feel great or you're in pain, which I'm pretty good at uh, navigating because Mm -hmm. I've been in pain my whole life. Another story. And second, you have to show up and bring whatever it is that is your core desire. Mm -hmm. like we always talk about okay there's awareness there's trauma there's pain there's triggers and there's religion Mm -hmm. which can be dogmatic (laughs) when you say i'm meditating or you're meditating on heaven and hell and not believing that we just go to hell thank god yeah thank god asana (laughs) or thank goddess that you're thinking about that because that is next level right and so we're all working with this idea all over the world that yoga is Yes, it's a system of health and it's a system of understanding emotions and psychology and, and wisdom from many, many years. And we call that either, you know, karma yoga or we call it Gyan, which means wisdom. But I practice bhakti yoga okay. and bhakti means devotion. Okay. So all those videos you're watching of us singing and dancing, it's like hallelujah, like for real, how are we going to show up and not just deal with triggers and deal with psychology and deal with being on the battlefield of life, having each other's back, but really being in a devotional place. Mm -hmm. And that is about service Mm -hmm. and being of service, knowing hell exists right now, Mm -hmm. like knowing what's going on in the world, because a lot of spiritual people are just like, eh, poops and rainbows and you know I don't have to think about it but that's not actually reality thinking about it and doing the shadow work is one side of it and then going to the devotion is another side of it
0: so for people that aren't aware could you explain a little bit more about the shadow work and where do you begin and what path do you take because there's so many different paths for shadow work like what has worked for you
1: Right, it's so real, and in the soul mapping work, which is the mentorship I've been doing for so many years because it came out of teaching yoga, mm-hmm. and before that, it came out of something else. It started with pain, which we all understand. So, if I'm in the moment of pain, like a migraine, which is a very interesting karma or pain, and I have to make my way out of the middle and survive. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to go in different directions. Like yoga really was part of that for me. I don't know if you've had this experience, but sitting in Shavasana and you're just expanding, Yeah, your consciousness is expanding, you're open, your heart, your body. It's like the juice of life, mm-hmm. right? So being in pain is a something we can all experience. Being triggered, like being a mom or being at work or having a conversation that really sucks in the moment because we're resisting that moment of resistance is the beginning of shadow work Mm -hmm. that moment of resistance is where we have to face ourselves and whether it's through you know working out or yoga or studying some kind of astrology, or studying even history, whatever gives us that moment of reflection mm-hmm. of that which is really uncomfortable is what they call shadow work. Mm-hmm. For me, there are a lot of medicine tools that I have utilized, and that's the work I hope to bring, or I do bring to people. Yeah, But we're all different.
0: Yeah, and I think shadow work is something that you have to continuously do forever, I believe, because we evolve where I know I've had conversations with people, it's like with, okay, you've done the shadow work, now I can live my life. And it's like, no, I think shadow work is something you have to consistently work on to be it, because it's like yin and yang, there's a balance. There's
1: always a balance. Absolutely. There's always a balance and there's always a cycle.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Like what we just experienced in 2020 to 2021 and now into 2022 was a repeated cycle. Even if you just study astronomy, Mm -hmm. let alone astrology Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, history, you can see that these things, these experiences, these collective experiences do repeat. Mm -hmm. So if that is true, then how will I just fix myself once and be done exactly and that's why we're calling it radical self-care because it's no longer just an you know it's not a it's not a luxury to take care of oneself it's absolutely necessary and that leads to divine timing and flow and seeing miracles and abundance Mm -hmm. and really what that word abundance really means is that that you can feel see here and sit in the moment and move forward yeah in a sense
0: yeah. So with your ebook and it's all about Ascension, how did you start to develop and want to do this work?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, so Ascension is um, my second book. Yeah, I wrote one called Discover Your Bliss in 2013 and that was really a love letter to my guru and to my parents as first gurus And it really dove right into talking about a lot of issues that most folks can relate to, Mm -hmm. whether we're talking about addiction, whether we're talking about pain, talking about being the black sheep of a family, all these ways of saying there's a dark night of the soul or a moment where we're like, uh, okay, I need to shift and transform or up level. So That was the beginning of really connecting on that level. Soul Ascension was a little different. I wrote Soul Ascension on New Year's Day of 2020. So January 1st of 2020. And there were many people I was, I'm so lucky. I have many friends that are in you know, the health sciences. Mm-hmm. And I mean the Eastern health sciences. Plus I've been in Western health sciences for a long time. My family is filled with engineers and educators and doctors, but when you're in real pain and when you wanna to be totally natural, you have to find another way, which I started doing um, probably about 2006 mm-hmm. when I left my first career and became a yoga teacher. So, I became vegan and all into health and all those things, which is really important. So, cut to 2020, Soul Ascension was actually a book to help people prepare for the pandemic, Mm -hmm. which I saw coming a lot earlier. And I am not alone and I am not that special. I don't, you know, make anything up that is not already being spoken to in the Vedas that the sages haven't said. It's more how I can interpret it. And as you said so beautifully before, create a common language. Mm -hmm. Even most people are like, I can't understand what you're saying. And that might be (laughs) happening right now. But there is a common language of love. There is a common language of transformation, of medicine, of music, of religio, or communing, or relationship, Mm -hmm. right? Which is where the word religion comes from. So basically, Soul Ascension talks about people being psychic. Yeah. And what that actually means. Mm -hmm. And it's like not a big, huge, esoteric thing. Mm -hmm. It's actually you are psychic. You are also perhaps really good at math or systems or... You know, yeah. people see the world differently
0: yeah. and
1: how they integrate that and move it forward. That's what soul ascension is about. It's about seeing everything that we can in the moment and being able to be calm enough and healing enough to integrate it and then be like, I'm going to make a choice.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, And then what you make the choices depends on what your desires.
0: Yeah. So I know you've changed careers and I found it quite interesting when I sort of read your story of where you started. So do you want to run through how you were essentially living your life before and then how your world transformed into this light worker, light being?
1: Mm, Sure. I was born to an awesome, humble, kind family, Jewish family, in Massachusetts. Such good people, very into education, very into um, hard work, and just love them, amazing, and so blessed. And they really supported me because I was crazy in the sense of, (laughs) I work, I really am a very action-oriented person. I had no idea why, it was just like... (sighs) you know Shakti they call like how to. so I was in like a million shows I was you know the lead in all the plays in high school which I was just remembering a story the other day there's so many stories because I'll never forget my husband and I were chatting and I said something like well I have a three and a half octave range and he's a cello player we're lifelong musicians and he's we've been together 10 years and he goes you have a three and a half octave range and I was like you don't remember that at all? Like, why? Yeah, it's an old story because everything old is new.
0: Yeah.
1: And I'll never forget, you know, I was auditioning for the show, and my wonderful one of my first mentors, his name was Dr. George Peroni. He was auditioning me and he was getting very excited because I was going higher and higher, and you know, getting mm-hmm. to that C sharp or D yeah. or whatever it was. And then he's like, closes the piano, he goes, Come with me. And he brings me in and goes, Call your mother. You're the lead in the play. This is the last high school musical of this Framingham North and South. And we're merging, and you don't get it, but it's important. Call your mother. Yeah. And I said, Mom, I have a lead in the music, man. And then he says, Come with me. And then he's like, Your life is about to change. So these experiences that happen, depending on who you are, for me, it was like, Okay, work, work, yeah. work, you know, yeah. just do the thing, do the thing. And that's kind of how my life was. But I had migraines. And so there was an energy of burning mm-hmm. that I didn't understand at the time. I also didn't know how like charts worked or you know different planets and how mm-hmm. the barometric pressure of of the weather worked and lots of things that could help me. But I just did the thing did the thing. Went to New York City, went to NYU, was in conservatory working as an actor and then 9/11 happened. Mm-hmm. was a very interesting experience. Um, Like most people, I kind of just went along with the, not just the narrative, but certainly the swelling pain of what just happened. Mm -hmm. The absolute shock. And I got a call that morning and my girl, I was sleeping in because I had done the show and my girlfriend said, she said, wake up. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Wow, like that is a double entendre. That is yeah. a deeper thing. So waking up has become sort of a theme. Mm-hmm. And it always is, and it always must be because we are spirit souls. We call it jiva and we have an Atma a soul and we're embodied and we're going around. So I didn't know any of that. I just knew, okay. I'm going to go on this road and a lot of other things happen that can be read about in my books and like stories and stories. But when I was 27, I was sent to LA as all young actresses are. And that was just the beginning of the like, Oh my God, I can look back now and see there was so much karma and so much ugliness, but I did it. And I was able to go so down to my, my subtle body, Mm -hmm. you know, like we talk about auras and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I was so rip roaring thin that something had to shift. Mm -hmm. I don't think that anyone can even go that far anymore. I think it's now, I think we're being asked now to like ascend, to become light workers, to find ourselves, to be the best we can be. And so I decided in a moment to just wake up mm-hmm. and let go of it. And then I mourned and I grieved. So, the process you asked about, which is the shift, really started before I knew even what a light worker was. Mm-hmm. And it was just that desire and calling to stop being in pain all the time. Mm-hmm. And also know what my purpose was. Yeah. Wow.
0: And what steps when you realized, was it, did you start yoga as a tool to heal yourself? Did you just walk into a yoga
1: studio one day or like how did you get that connection? I started practicing yoga when I was in conservatory as okay. an actor when I was 18. Yeah. And I found it to be very difficult. Because as a singer, I was using different breath. I was angry. I was like, WTF is this stuff. Yeah. This sucks. You know, (laughs) and I've said that twice. I just like to have a potty mouth sometimes. And it was so painful and thus so revealing about how much I had to learn. And so the ego, you know, starts to break down. And I carried that with me all the way up till I left being a actor and I heard yoga saves me and I came back to Massachusetts and I just immediately started studying to be a teacher but yeah. that wasn't it it was that I also was sent to my spiritual teachers yeah. that I was being brought into a lineage yeah. and that really made all the difference is really knowing who I was studying with and what shelter they were under Mm -hmm. and helped me progress on the path with a lot of mercy. Yeah. So a question is, um,
0: with... I've got a friend that is currently going to be doing shamanic work and everything and learning that. But how mm-hmm. do you find a partner that's at that same level? Because it is a <laughs> very different world that a lot mm-hmm. of people don't understand. Like luckily my partner, when I talk about it, he's like, oh, okay, yeah, his mum studied Uh, astrology so he's an amazing man but like how do you find did you have your partner before these works or
1: after or was he at the same level like how does you know that's (laughs) a a good question I I, my husband and I are working with so many couples right now and by the way so many couples are divorcing right now understandably because everyone's doing this shadow work but for us we believe that all the power is in the couples. Mm -hmm. And the reason is because when we met, as you're asking, we met through him playing cello to me teaching 108 sun salutations at an event. Mm -hmm. But that wasn't the moment I knew he was such a deep soul. I mean, of course it was. It was when I said hello after. And the way he was eating his food, um, was so mindful, something I hadn't even really paid too much attention to perhaps in the past. And the way he took his time when I said hello and I realized, oh, this person's doing the work. Mm -hmm. This person is mindful. This person is working on whatever it is. That's the opposite of himself. Right. Mm -hmm. Or herself for others. And that is really vital. And we call that, you know, radical authenticity and, you know, connecting to our higher mind, simple living, high thinking, so many ways we can talk about it. Yeah. But yeah, it's quite a moment.
0: It is. So you're working with lots of couples currently with what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And what are you seeing? Like, is there any trends or anything that you're noticing more?
1: Yeah. The trend is working in, what we do is we take stories or dramas and we put them in the center and we say, okay, what's the pillar? Because it's not us. Mm -hmm. It's the story, right? Yeah. We say it's the drama or hopefully not the trauma, but most people are bringing trauma Mm -hmm. right from the divine feminine, the divine male, or the lack thereof. Yes, that's level one. But that story is repeating itself in various ways and creating a lack of trust. Mm -hmm. What most people don't know right now is that each couple has in the soul, in the tissues, in the DNA, cycles and cycles and cycles of that. And it's a trend uh, to really just notice, oh, not just that I'm triggered, but I literally don't trust right now. So going to that, is what we do, you know, in soul mapping. And, you know, we created the matrix portal so that people could have a way to do it during the pandemic. But it's really that one-on-one connection. And then we're bringing people on retreats and bringing them together so that we can each practice it with each other. And it's pretty fun, actually. Yeah,
0: because I I saw that, you know, you're doing these retreats and I'm like, I want to be there. I I struggle with anything that is online because I'm like, oh, it's online. I
1: need that physical connection almost absolutely and right now it's the lie or the program or the narrative or the trend to say you can't get together and that's just Mm -hmm. part of the bs of life Mm -hmm. because you can because it is our divine right Mm -hmm. it's like you know we have this saying i don't know if what you guys have in australia but they call it like say common law right yeah so a common law marriage. We've heard of that because it just means like people are in love and they're together and they consider themselves married under God. And it's like taking out God from the situation is kind of messy. So we make sure to nurture everyone, however they are, whoever they are, whoever they deem God to be, whatever they connect to and they love within a sacred space and a little bit of structure. And so Yes, we want you to come too. And we're hopefully going to be able to do that with our Sanctuary Mission Trust, which is why we got this big house and why we moved during the portal that is the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and just host and, and love on people yeah. so that we can remember our sacredness.
0: So what do pe- would people expect when they come to a place? What are you offering? And I just think it's absolutely amazing what you're doing. And, you know, you might not see it as a sacrifice, but you are giving so much of your personal to help. Like I just think that is so beautiful and such a gift, a true gift to this world. So Explain, walk us through that. I'm getting teary thinking about it. Now you're making me cry.
1: (laughs) Thank you for saying that. My heart is beating because truly it has been the hardest, hardest year of our lives in a lot of ways. You know, I used to read about um, people saying this word pioneering, Mm -hmm. and uh, it's real. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, It's real. So when people want to gather and when they feel ready to make that choice and that shift, we always just make sure to provide a sacred space, an honorable place, a sanctuary. We opened Sanctuary Center for Yoga and Healing three months before I conceived my daughter back in 2016 or 17. And so... It was like that was the place, that was the boon. And then we went to India and led our eighth retreat, and she came through. It's like, ah, okay. So you pivot. Okay. We did that for two years, led the yoga um, teacher trainings, but then had to close it. And we didn't understand exactly at the time, but now I do. It was because this whole thing was coming, and we were going to have to, you know, find the space that would be so fun so beautiful but also have the medicine the history and the earth Mm -hmm. to truly hold what was happening in this new vibration Mm -hmm. so we are launching as something really exciting in february early we're doing a new workshop which is really the culmination of so much of the how to how we share soul mapping and soul culture yoga and the sanctuary mission that we're creating to bring people to, it's going to allow us to do this majestic coupleship work and these beautiful retreats. It may seem like it's far out in the future, but we actually moved down the street from 60 acres with friends who are already doing it. So we've been doing it all year. And we've been sharing it and we've been calling it out and we're getting the barn ready and, and going to bring people more for more yoga trainings or not yoga trainings, just being together. It's about raising our consciousness to a place where we just simply remember we're human mm-hmm. and what it means to be human and what it means to be a soul yeah. across the platforms
0: Definitely.
1: So we're looking forward to having fun. Yeah. We're looking forward to hosting and then sharing all the secrets.
0: Yeah. And all the
1: joyful, you know, beingness, Yeah. we call it, simply beingness. Nice.
0: Now, I saw and I shared it on Instagram, is your generational oh. <laughs> trauma a little real? I loved that. It was hilarious oh my gosh that's right I just did that I was like oh my god I have received so many messages since really with like laughing emojis like all of my people are like yes yes we get this we get this this is hilarious
1: and oh my god it's nonstop. it's constant yeah you know I always say you know I give my offerings to my to my guru and there's this like total misconception so much about guru and what it means, because it really just means heavy, like who's heavy, who's going to show up and do the shadow work, who's going to face our demons or our ghosts, all that stuff that's in shamanic work, which is part of my work, which, you know, being a devotee uh, in the bhakti yoga lineage, I wish I could just say I'm a pure, you know, Vaishnav devotee, but that's just not honest and true. I, my guru said, You know, many years ago before, and he, I only had him for about a year and a half. He said, Yes, teach yoga, share bhakti, do what you're doing. So we follow that instruction. And then we read the Vedas, we read the Bhagavad Gita, we read the Bible, and we read all these allegories that are saying the same things, which is heal that generational trauma that is repeating over and over and over again and doing that with love and doing that with some integrity it's not easy yeah it's not easy we get cynical we get hard we get mean so that's why we want to make sure we're creating sacred space in sanctuary in sanctuary mission trust in bhakti yoga down the street at bhakti bundav because bhakti bundav is a sanskrit word for my guru actually which means a friend to all a friend you know so yeah generational trauma we could talk about
0: yeah we could talk
1: about forever
0: how how did you notice that you needed to work on your generational trauma what did it look like for you like and how do you feel like like
1: it's crazy (laughs) it looked like my husband's family okay they get so mad if I say that, but it really, I'll be honest. I, I say that because there's nothing like being in partnership to show you what you're up against. Yeah, You know, we met, we knew I was 37 when I got married. I'm quite, I'm old, you know, I'm like lived a good long life, traveled a lot, got, you know, I had a baby at 41. So I, and I naturally, I don't know what people are talking about with like the getting older and losing your vibrancy forever. Of course you do go through hard times and so much happens, but you can get that back. Yeah. <laughs> right. So one of the ways we age, which I just did last year. So like, I get it, but it's the heaviness of the generational ghosts or entities or energies or Mm -hmm. stories, Mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it, whether you're talking about like a physical thing that has manifested from an energetic thing, that is the story that keeps showing up and getting in the way of us loving each other. Mm -hmm. They say the original like problem you know, is turning away from the divine, turning mm-hmm. away from God. And because we are part and parcel of the divine, whoever you deem the divine to be, if we can't see that in ourselves, if we can't love ourselves, how are we going to, you know, love one another? So it's repeated patterns mm-hmm. that are constantly built in when we get into a trigger. Mm-hmm. And the trigger is just a moment, it's a portal. It's like, how are you seeing it for your up level, for your bliss? And my husband's, you know, a lot more 3D, some might yeah. call it. Yeah. Like most men, he's very much into literal. Yes. His brain works in systems in a certain way. He likes to talk about finances. He likes to talk about, you know, linear timelines. Women often, or myself, we see things a little bit wider. Mm -hmm. You might call it 5D, you could call it many things, but it's like, oh, we have to pick those things and put it into the basket because we're gatherers and all that nature. So, men and women coming together and dealing with their generational trauma means what does it mean to embrace the sacred masculine? What does it mean to embrace the sacred divine feminine? And tuning into where that is real and where that is just some narrative program that came into our head and stopped our heart.
0: Yeah. Being that you're a mom and generational trauma, does that ever play on your mind of how you raise your daughter, what you speak, how you speak to her and like, how does, uh, it's so, I can't even find the words, but because I'm not a parent, but does it change the way you parent or think of parenting what do you think from watching
1: the videos
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) yeah and we're honest about that when when we had our daughter you know we already were not going to mess her up Mm -hmm. as best as possible Mm -hmm. but then we did this epic thing called buying a house and we have six parents, you know, mm-hmm. because my husband has four parents, with step parents and all the things from every side came up. And, mm-hmm. and during all this time, it was so much fighting. It was so much dissonance. And basically it's really hard to do the literal thing, like the business thing, like the money thing, while you're being psychic mm-hmm. and also holding relationships. Mm-hmm. So when a baby comes through the first thing you know we know from doing work with a shaman journey or a soul journey uh in yoga or from even psychology if you can go deeper into what psyche means because you know it means soul that child does not belong to us we are shepherding in a soul Mm -hmm. who has a divine dharma or purpose Mm -hmm. in sanskrit in this world and their dharma comes with their own karma which means the past you know actions of their own deeds and functionality so in yoga we always say you know there's a goal Mm -hmm. there's a process to get the goal and then there's the relationships that are happening within that goal and we see everything as relationship Mm -hmm. so music dancing singing shakti feeling your bliss not changing your language in front of your child not shutting down and not teaching them uh, making them afraid these are things we don't do Mm -hmm. the other things are things we do (laughs) do do and encourage and uh it does help to understand astrology yeah (laughs) we know her chart so we get and, and we work with charts so you know we get how awesome she is and so we just try to nurture her and bring her around and travel with her and be honest with her and teach her boundaries while keeping her chakras open oh
0: nice and so what is your sun moon and rising then oh my gosh
1: (laughs) well this is where it gets a little bit um i'll try to keep it so in tropicals is different it is. you know tropicals different from sidereal or Vedic, but I actually study something called Asterian yes. astrology. Okay. Well, wow. I'm gonna look this up now. <laughs> the Jade Luna and it mixes all of that with Egyptian mm-hmm. uh, and as well as uh, Greek. Mm-hmm. So you study the Sun, Mm-hmm. The moon and the ascendant, where they were, as well as the constellations and gods and goddesses from Greek and mythology as well, and yeah. you know, so cosmology is pretty cool. But for me, yeah, uh, I was born. You would say my ascendant is in Taurus, yeah, um, but I'm a Pisces and tropical, mm-hmm. so it's a little bit strange. Um, I was born under a star called chimera which is a three-headed monster goddess yeah and i have a lot of mars in my chart i'll tell you that oh wow <laughs> i'll tell you that um but um yeah my my moon um it's it's very it's very it's very hard to answer that question actually oh, right sorry. now <laughs> But tell me about you.
0: Well, in the traditional sense, I guess, I'm a Pisces sun, Aries moon, yeah. and a Capricorn mm-hmm. rising.
1: So were you born in March? Yes, March the 13th. the 13th. I was born March the 7th. Oh, nice. So we're both Pisces in yes. that way for sure. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Pisces in my 12th house is, is going um, going out into that next level. Yeah. But my sun... Mm-hmm. My uh, Venus and Mercury are all in my ninth house. And that means that everything about me is on that kind of spiritually driven path, which is really helpful because ultimately, you know, that pivot from being an actor to being a teacher, it made a lot of sense. But I grieved that. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing I would say to your audience. Yeah. Don't be afraid of feeling pain. Mm hmm. Don't be afraid of going to that depth because that is where the breakthrough is. Yeah. And perhaps you can tell me if that's what we're always, you know, yeah. trying to be perfect or. Mm-hmm. And I feel like
0: also. this year, it's like a year of true transformation Well, that's what I feel. And I think people are, you know, changing careers. They're wanting to change careers. And that can be quite difficult for some that have been in like a position that's been 10 years running. Like that is huge, huge. Huge. Fear and
1: love. Yeah. Fear and love on that spectrum of heaven and hell. You got fear, you got love. And somewhere I meet you and you meet me on that spectrum and we meet ourselves. And the greatest glory I have ever received is the instruction that I am not only a divine spark of everything that is abundant and creative and possible, but that I can reinvent myself. Yeah. Over and over and over again, because it's literally my nature. It's your nature mm-hmm. to pivot and then expand. And that's definitely, as you say so beautifully, everyone is being, you know, given the torch. Mm-hmm. Anyone who's surviving this time is not just surviving, but we must thrive. So if we're moving forward, what are we going to do with all this? Mm-hmm new energy this new wisdom these new you know criteria of health what are we going to do with it yeah
0: well thank you so much for joining me today like is there anything you'd love my listeners to know or what what do you have to share like is there anything else that you
1: just want to
0: give
1: i love that you say that give to live is something we say a lot in bhakti yoga. And I would say that the work of the shadow and the awareness and the pivoting all simply leads back to your magic and your devotion and your beauty and all those auspicious qualities. And if anyone would like to join us for a workshop, February 2nd or February 5th, we'll try to give all the secrets and teach everything and just hope to give more and give more in 2022
0: lovely and so where can my listeners find you what are your socials
1: jai shri yoga is my website jai shri yoga.com it's really easy spell J A I S H R E E yoga and my social instagram is jai shri yoga official and facebook is jai Sri yoga and we can meet up there and chat and if anyone wants to go a little deeper, they can just email me and I'll bring you to the next place.
0: Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. And you're welcome back anytime.
1: Anytime. Thank you so much, Tina. <laughs> You are such a beautiful human being. I've enjoyed talking with you so much. And I'm so happy to know you. Thank you.